gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Side to Side Sportscast, where it's your boys, Will, Woody, and CJ, and you know we come to break it all down from the court side, the ring side, the sidelines, and for those sports they play outdoors, we outside, we side to side, that's how we ride. And today we got someone special riding with the side to side family. You may know him as the 2006 NBA draft pick, Craig Smith, aka Rhino, on the cast with you boys. What's up, Rhino? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you guys doing, man? Thanks for having me. Hey, hey thank you for hopping on. Thank Thanks you for, for hopping, hopping on. on, man. We truly yes. appreciate it. Welcome. Welcome. It's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. So you got a McGrady back there on that wall, man. That was one of the first jerseys I ever got. It was actually a reversible jersey. And they had oh, the yeah. reversible jerseys. Okay. I thought I was I... the freshest with the pennies, with the penny twos. Oh, yeah, dude. Junior you know high, it, you know. Oh, I had all those. I had all those shoes with the square toe, right? You remember yep. those that he yep. had? Yeah. Yep. I, I got my jersey collection, you know, of my, of my McGrady's in my closet, taking up too much space. My wife nice, loves man. it. listen that's Uh, awesome and hey to all of our viewers and listeners we also want you to check out craig's craig's podcast the underdogs you want to say a little something about it craig yeah just check out the underdogs it's myself uh mike taylor former nba player uh and, and our and our um guy jordan daly um we're just putting some things together on the underdog's perspective and uh it's been a it's been a good uh it's been a good start six episodes it's been going really well some pretty good guests so i just want to continue going and uh just continue to inspire the young generation you got um mario chalmers this week is that right is that uh yeah we we got mario chalmers this week you know we got a two-time champ so that should be a really good episode um you know just trying to get other um guests together so so we can let our you know our fan base know what's to come yeah that's awesome and like you've already had guests like you know, I know Ricky Davis was on there. You had George Gervin, the Iceman. I mean, you've had some some pretty pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome guys to chat with on there. And um, and I guess hey, here's a great segue, right? You play with some of those guys right now, um, on the Big Three squad. So let's yeah. let's just let's dive in and talk a little bit about that. Like, how's how's life in the Big Three been? Big Three's been fun. My first season was real, real fun. Um, you know. Didn't know what to expect. We came in and, and just wrecked havoc. Um, it was really cool. It felt like we were back in the show. Um, mm-hmm. If everybody doesn't know, you know, when you say the show, you say like the NBA, the atmosphere, the, the smelling of the popcorn, the walk mm-hmm. into arena, the fans embracing you, the travel of first class again, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a lot of similarities um in the big three um compared to the league so it's just refreshing of that and then you know seeing old familiar faces you know uh guys you competed against in the league and you know still got the competitive spirit to go out and play the game um so so it's really been fun it's been you know a great ride and can't wait for you know the third season for myself coming up you gonna be getting Jared Dudley? You get you, you bringing him onto the squad or what? Uh, I don't know if Dudley wants to hoop, man. You know, Dudley's <laughs> a big time coach. Now. Yeah, he's a big time coach now. So 
you know, he gets he gets to tell Luca where to be at in certain spots. So. <laughs> Living the dream in his own way, definitely. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I won't I won't take all the questions away from from Gaddy and Woody too. But um, you know, I, I want to talk talk about you as you know as a fan, right? That's why we wanted to have you on today. And um, a lot of people don't get to know the insights. Of like, hey, we know we know Craig the athlete. He was balling. You know, he played in the NBA. He's with the big three now. Like, that's cool. Like, let's learn about you as a fan. Like, who who are some of the guys that you know either you follow now or you followed growing up and your favorite teams? Well, I mean, I was born in Inglewood, the city of champions. Um, so it's for me, it's always going to be Lakers and Clippers. I'm not biased. Like, I watched both teams growing up. I wasn't on that. Oh, just because they win. Like, at the end of the day, I love players. So for me, it's always Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. um, Big Game James, um, mm-hmm. Lloyd Vaught, Rodney Rogers. Oh, there's a name. Um, yeah. Um, Bernard King, Charles Barkley, a um, little bit of Wes Unsell, um, Will Chamberlain's dominance. Right? Yeah, you like those, you like those big boys because you were powering yeah. down low too, right? Yeah, being a student of the game, like understanding the game, and not only that, just just positions. Otis Thorpe, Kim Olajuwon's footwork, yeah. um, Michael Cooper's defense. Um, Cedric Sabalas, the way he attacks the rim, he's good around the basket. Um, I mean, Pig, the one Pig Miller, like, <laughs> like guy, guy, guys that aren't as known in the league. Like, I watched all of them because, like, you had to do something to be there and to get there, you had to do some type of greatness. So yeah. Let me see and watch what instills you to be great. And let me add some of this to my game, especially as a younger guy. Let me add some of this to my game so I can go out here and make it. Like, that was the inspiration for me, like, being able to be an observer. Like, people don't understand. You observe and watch, you can learn, too. You can learn, too, and you and use that a part of yourself and put your mix on it. You know, I think that's very important, especially for the young generation. Oh man, hey, you're probably still learning, right? You got George as a coach right now, so yeah, he's yeah, man. I mean, that got played with Jordan. <laughs> like, <laughs> Unbelievable to think about. Uh, he could have had the scoring record. We could be talking about him being Mister Hundred Points or 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 eighty or ninety. Mm, like yeah. he has sixty three and set the fourth. Mm. Yeah, I, Listen, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. No, no, I have no disrespect towards the ice. That that guy. I mean, if you watch, like, you know, back in my day when ESPN Classic was out there, right? I would come home from school and throw that on him. Listen, you know, I'd just be seeing him fly, right? Like he was, he was, he was past his time, right? It felt like, you know, he just the way that he played the game, um, you know, helped evolve it. So it's all. I'm just saying, it must be awesome to play with him, um, you know. Ricky's a little older, you know. He's probably still learn learn from that guy too. I don't know. I don't know how how high his jets still fly, but you seen him it's throw just it down. As pretty, it's just as pretty high. He can still throw it down. <laughs> I mean, he's changed his, his ways. He's vegan now, so he you know he got oh. superpowers. <laughs> you know, when you get you vegan, you get superpowers. So, all right, he's out there still high energy, and what you love to see, like the passion. 
the love for the game. It's never going to go away. And, and you know, what sucks is sometimes our, our time gets cut short. But now we're realizing that there's more longevity within us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is. Just being sure. honest. And now, and now you see it in different different schemes. You see it with LeBron. You've seen it with Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. You hey, know that, that? That's something that we can see eye to eye on, right? You're onto a Pats guy, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, was, yeah man. I've, I've been a Pats fan since the first day I watched Tom Brady in a cold-ass Worcester dorm. Yeah, <laughs> Nicole Worcester door. Um, and Drew Bledsoe got injured. Mm. Bledsoe got injured that game. Tom Brady came right in. I've watched every game after that. Yeah. Like, I got to write a story to him, I feel like, because I was just a 17 year old kid. I ain't know. I know he's about to win the Super Bowl at the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl, at the Super Bowl, at the Super Bowl. Yeah, for real. And for LA guys, we're abandoned because you know they like to come in town and leave, like our mm. NFL teams, you know, like a dead be dead. <laughs> <laughs> There's no loyalty. There was no real loyalty, you know. No so, real loyalty. And what what, I, what were you doing in a Worcester dorm? I went to prep school in Worcester for oh, a year. Worcester Academy, right? Yeah, because I all right. So I went down the street at Bancroft, and and that's uh didn't you, and you played wasn't there the uh. You, you guys had a big game against McCants, right? Rashad McCants. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that Myself game was Myself and uh, Jared Jack. That's right. Jared oh, Jack wow. in post-grad there, too. That was uh, – and I – like, this was way back in the day for me. I was seven or eight years old, right? And it was the hype train of of just, like, you know, prep school. Th- these dudes, dudes are about to do battle. Rashad McCants yeah. was a huge name at the time. Um, and – I, I just I, I can just remember it. it was crazy it was crazy in that house that yeah night. I mean we it was it was Rashad McCants it was Luau Dang it was Charlie Bill and the Wavers myself um Jared Jack I mean we had some guys man we had yes, some guys man. that can go and that I would say in that year that year actually changed my life going forward because it, it made me more competitive in the in the classroom at boston college where i was really like competitive versus my peers in there now and not feeling some type of way like oh, i'm about to hoop like now i'm about to actually go in here and learn something and let y'all know how smart i am because y'all always got this knock that basketball players are dumb i'm sick of that narrative like i want y'all to come out here go to class learn all these plays travel and then learn the defensive schemes i want y'all to do that i don't think they could do that so it's just like i don't i never could understand that narrative i can do my work and i gotta do this work over here i got two jobs yeah i just got one and then well basketball players get it so much easier what (laughs) you know how did you guys get it so much easier good (laughs) no no, even at D3, you know, I couldn't even handle like I was trying to play basketball and baseball and I picked up basketball for half a year and was like, nope, nope, it's too much. I can't. There's, I'm better at baseball. I get more PT in baseball. Yeah. I'm gonna do that. Uh, but yeah, it's a full workload, man. I respect it's, that for sure from a D1 level. It's very demanding and very time consuming. You know, yeah. if you're an athlete. You really go in there for basketball first, school second. Yeah. You got to take like your priorities. Like it's not like your timing is very like 
practice here. We got lift at six in the morning. I got 9 a.m. class. Got to make sure I got 9 a.m. class and maybe like 1130 class. Then after that, I got some time, right? Maybe get some lunch, wind down. Then we got practice. Mm. Now after practice, this is the kicker. This is the kicker, and this is different from a mentality. I'm still going to go get work in at night. I'm yep. still going to go get that graveyard shift working. My job really don't stop. It's not a, a nine to five. This thing is 24 hours. So on my mm-hmm. mind, we still got we still got to get better. So me, Dudley, Sean Marshall, Lewis Hennett, John Oates, we in the gym at 8, 8, 8 p.m. And that's and that's why you made it to where you did, right? Like that hard work, that extra work, all those shots that other guys aren't getting up that you are. Um, yeah, because I mean, for me, it started when I was younger, though. I used to hop the gate at like Fairfax, like six thirty in the morning. Yep, it's, I mean, but for my mind, it. I was I was still behind. Yeah. But that's the mentality you always have to have, right? There's always you know like I mean? that, you know, I'm behind. That. New New York, three hours ahead. Yeah, right? And about 40 degrees colder. You learned something about 14, about yeah. Cold. It will go get going at going to uh Minnesota probably was not a big deal oh, for you after playing in DC, right? <laughs> no, no, it was colder. How about that? It was colder because you think mm. about it like we're on the water in Boston, so it's different, but this is like Canadian coast, northern, like. Oh. You get the, it's frozen the, out here. It's real snow. frosty. The snowman. You need a like, passport yeah. for that cold. I feel. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta walk through them. Them skyways. I remember one time. It said I. I think I dropped some water. Like immediately froze. And nah, bro, you can't be out here more than three minutes. It's over. <laughs> how? How? And being the spoiled guy, I'm from from California. I was. I was just about to say, how stoked were you when the Clippers? Bro, I am a privileged <laughs> person when it comes to weather. You feel what I'm saying? And like certain. I can't tolerate it. Like I'm a, I'm a throw up a fit. <laughs> <laughs> so that Clippers call was just like more ways than one. Just I mean, it was. was that, were there other offers out there? Or were you just like I, I want to go home? Nah, well, I think prior to that, or the year before, I could have went to San Antonio. Okay. I could have went to San Antonio. Yeah. That was um, that was when I was really thinking about because I was like, man, if I would have got with Pop and could play with Tim Duncan, I probably could have got another one, like a ring, like in that sense. Because for me, like you already got rid of KG, that's what I really wanted to play with. Like that, that was what I was playing for. And yeah. then you got rid of KG, and it was just like we got all new guys. We're just competing against each other. Like people don't understand when you get a really young team, your practice is gonna be really, really hard and long. Pause. And then you're gonna have to go in a game and compete like that too, because for one in practice, you gotta compete against each other for time. Right. Because mm. nobody got the given time, like the seniority is if you got all stars on the team like here. This is set up, this is set up, this is set up, this. When you got young guys and everybody's competing, who are we gonna throw out there? Who deserves this? We gotta see it in practice. Right. Mm. So then you got that, we killing each other, then we gotta kill in the game. Wow. That's a <laughs> double battle. A double battle. I just want to say I grew up a Phoenix Suns fan because Charles Barkley, we the same age, by the way, right? Charles Barkley, I grew up in Philly. And um, the first player that I ever got to meet was Charles Barkley. So when the Sixers traded him to Phoenix, they traded me too, right? Yeah. So, like, growing, up, so growing up, right, 
I've always been a Charles Barkley fan. And then obviously Charles Barkley career came to the end. Now at the time that you were getting drafted, because I'm a college basketball fan too. And in 06, I was actually hoping that the Suns drafted you because we had a late pick. And I'm like, man, Craig Smith, he could play that big man. Because if you remember the Suns roster at that time, they had Boris Diaw outside of of Murray. He was their biggest player. And like, he had Matrix, but I, you know, I know it's Dan Tony offense. I didn't like Matrix playing the four. I'm like, we need to add another big man. And you were on the board. And they took Sergio Rodriguez and traded him for cash considerations, right? So I'm like, trading him for a washing machine. (laughs) (laughs) For real, though. So me, I'm like, watch, man. Craig will be killing. And I think it was like your second NBA game you were playing against the Nuggets. And you gave him 20. And I'm like, see, man, they messed up, man. That's that's one of the main things I remember um, about your career. But how did it feel, like, you know, when you started? Like, you just talked about how you had some options at the end of career. But what about the beginning of your career? You know, once you got drafted and once you got on the court in Minnesota? So, originally, I thought I was going to Milwaukee. Okay, I was just going to ask you if there was another place. Milwaukee said, yeah, so, uh, sorry, yeah. Before the draft, Milwaukee said they would take me if I if I landed at 39. I could have went from, I think it was 19 to 39 or maybe even below, uh, but I had a wrist injury, so I wasn't able to fully work out. Okay. But I knew, like, man, I'm a first round, my, you know, my energy, my confidence. So, um what happened? So, so then, you know, I get picked by Minnesota. I get there in August. I'm excited. I ain't see KG yet, but I see his locker. I'm like, damn, this is real. Like, this is a real life 2K moment. Like, you know, I worked so hard to get to this moment. And now it's here. And get on the court, which is waiting. It's like real quiet. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's almost like I'm like this dude got a microphone, like the way he is. And he's like, all right, MFers, y'all ready? Like he coming out of the door, he got to duck through the door. I've never seen nobody had to duck under the door with their head with a hoodie on. It's like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> like, oh, are y- oh, y'all MFers ready? And I'm like, yo, we just playing pickup, but this energy is like OD. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And 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 Mikhail's over there, and I love Mikhail because, like, to me, Mikhail's voice. Sometimes he sounds like Macho Man Randy Savage. So <laughs> when, when that happens, he's like, oh, brother, brother. <laughs> oh, man. Let's, let's, let's get it going, brother. Let's get it going. And um, I mean, from then on, I felt like I gained a lot of guys' respect. Um, KG continually taught me. And then it was just like, wow, I could really play this easy. So mind you, before... Before the season starts, like a couple of days before, Coach Dwayne Casey comes up to me. It's like, man, we really like, you know, you, we like what you're doing, but we want to let you know we're going to send you down to the, to the D-League. And I'm like, what? To the D-League? And he's like, no, nah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, you really going to pull that on me? <laughs> um, Yo, KG gave so, you a shout out too recently. Um, yes, I, for, yeah. I forget what uh, what that was on. I was watching and he was, you know, talking about how he, um, he, he showtime, was, showtime, showtime. That's right. Yeah, showtime. and he was he was talking about how um, 
you know, he, he was helping bring you up in the NBA and all that. I thought that was really cool because obviously, you know, I'm I was a fan. I, I follow BC basketball, you know, from the days of my, my dad, was, you know, went to school there, was played baseball. And um, so I just followed BC because, you know, I through my days, I always wanted to go there. And then um, he's just watching guys like Dana Barrows go through and make the NBA it was so rare to see like a good BC basketball team. Right. And then you get Troy come in and then it's like, okay, Troy's good, but like he needs somebody else there. And then, then Rhino comes in and Dudley and Sean Marshall and Sean Williams, right. People forget Sean Williams was a beast in the, in the paint too. Like uh, that. Sean Williams, was, man. Uh, and and uh, what was it uh, rice? Um, Tyrese rice. Yeah. Like he was, he was a shooter too. I mean, they had some the Euro the Euro League God. He's a right? Yeah. God. I mean, he's still putting up points out there. Like, um, but that, like, I'll tell you, I was excited and I honestly thought you were gonna go first round. I was hyped because the Celtics had you know, they they needed help everywhere. Um, they were looking at, you know, they took Rondo in that draft, and uh yeah. you know, that ended up working out all right for it us. It worked out all right. <laughs> so I'm not gonna sit here and complain you about gotta the past, be, right? you know. I'll admit, like, this was my worst moment as a sports fan, my worst prediction. I was so mad that they didn't take Marcus Williams um, out of UConn. Mm. He was – he looked like a player, boy, right? Yeah. He was Will, a tall yeah. ball handler who could shoot, like – and then they took Rondo, who I'm like, he doesn't have a jumper. What what are we doing out here with, with, with this guy? And I could not have been more wrong. So yeah. <laughs> I'll follow my sword with that one. But, but still, that's – you know, it's funny uh, – Talk, talking about some of this stuff because you know Troy gave some different perspective too on what it was like coming into the league and um and, and you know how he's living out in Minnesota in the tundra so he's enjoying that every day yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I don't want to I'm, I'm gonna steal the uh the master of segues right so you know we'll, we'll go we'll we'll go from the court side uh you know to to the uh, to the sidelines here and talk a little bit about the pats before the NFL you know comes back um yeah. We got Pat, me, me and you, me and you sitting here as Pats fans. You know, we'll, I know we both we both joined that bandwagon back when Brady, you know, started. I was at the same time. You know, I can remember I can remember the very day that I became a Pats fan and saw and was just like, who's this guy Brady coming in? Like, geez, we're screwed again. It's gonna be a bad season. We're gonna miss the playoffs. And all of a sudden, takes off and history is made. You know, all these years later, but now. Mac Jones, what's your, what's your take on him? What's your take on the Pats for next well, season? Well, first, let's do this the right way. <laughs> yes, I follow Tom Brady. Okay, yes, I follow him, and I would never, I will never root against Tom Brady, ever, mm-hmm. ever. All right, now Mac Jones. <laughs> the record is set straight never yep. root against Tommy <laughs> never root against Tom no Tom slander here um, Mac Jones for one student of the game wants to get better right had a great rookie season obviously you're going to have some learning moments so rookie you can't expect him to be Tom that's a different beast like, and just to go on this note, because of guys like that, we think winning championships is easy, like with Jordan, with, you know what I'm saying? But we got to remember, 
LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh only got two rings. <laughs> That's true. It's very hard to win a championship. Now, saying that going forward, we have him, and he's going to be great with caliber. We need to put more weapons around him. Definitely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So need better offense and, and get him more friend where he can throw the ball because we've seen examples of him throwing the long ball, but sometimes – then you get the Buffalo game where he makes three passes. Like, all right, he's a rookie and all, but like, we got to get some things going, man. We got, we can't be afraid of things. And, you know, Bill, I think, you know, he's the wizard. He's, he's Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he's that guy that sees everything, you know, or Yoda. Is he Yoda? I've never seen Star Wars. I don't know. I don't know. He can be oh, Luke Skywalker. Almost, for all almost, well, he's got a weekend ahead of almost, him. He's going to have to tune in. Oh, 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 is that bad? Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, what you doing, man? Sci fi, man. Star Wars, man. Great stories. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Uh, we got oh. Matt Jones entering year two. And Joe Burrow in his second year just took the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Now, mm-hmm. I I personally feel like there was a little gift wrap there because that Ryan Tannehill performance uh, with Tennessee, if, if Ryan wasn't giving Cincy the ball, Tennessee probably would have advanced. But that's besides the point. Here we have Mac Jones in his second year. And like you said, they just need a couple weapons around him because the Patriots did a lot better than most people would have expected with a rookie quarterback. And it's because of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a.k.a. Bill Belichick, who really got that thing together. So what are you looking forward to most this offseason as a Patriots fan? Uh, I'm looking for some offseason adjustments on the offensive end, for sure, for sure. We need a number one receiver. I love what Kendrick Bourne did, but I think we need a little bit more. He's a great addition, him and Nelson Aguilar. But at the same time, we need somebody who can – hey, I can get open every play. Every play. I need a guy that – we need that guy. And we don't have that guy yet. And that's what was frustrating to Tom because sometimes it's just like that's what was needed in the Patriots' offense sometimes. And I get it. We went through the years of different guys, and Julian Edelman was the number one guy one year. But at the same time, you you need that guy that's like, look, third and – Third and three, fourth and one, fourth and four. Give me the ball. I'm gonna get open. Mm-hmm. You know, like we like, like we didn't even need that number one one. Like like Edelman, like sure, he could be a good number one. He's no your number one's not normally your slot guy, but we had Gronk, right? So Gronk exactly all that. Exactly. And then it's like Kendrick Bourne, pretty good season. Nelson Aguilar still not. Anything that we can't disrespect be. Hunter Henry and uh and uh and, and uh, John Smith, yeah, John, yeah, John Smith. We got to understand that the Patriot system is a little bit tough, and everybody's not going to get it the first time around because it's a different system. Uh oh, oh, he's back. I think maybe might have lost a little audio. Maybe. Okay, you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, somebody yeah, was just trying to call. Yeah, me. no, no worries. No um, worries. Um, oh, what I was just saying, I think we were just talking about Pats. And, you were and talking and about it's a tough system to learn from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so for all yes. the new additions that they got. 
Yeah, it's all it's very tough to learn and some can't just pick it up like that. You know, it's going to take a while. But what we did see was from beginning to end, it was so much better. Obviously, the playoff games, forget about that. But from beginning to end, you've seen the guys get better. You've seen Hunter Henry start scoring more touchdowns and, like, let the league help, like, tie for the league with uh, tight end touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, you see John o. Smith out making plays when he wasn't injured. Um, you see things really coming together where they was the number one team in the AFC. So there's a lot of things going forward that looks really good. Our defense is always going to be stout defense. But then at the same time, I would say we do need an offensive coordinator because that Joe Judge, I don't know if I'm feeling that. Sorry for cutting. Sorry. (laughs) But it makes me passionate a little bit. That's the fan perspective. Now, (laughs) there it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The name that's been floating around now that you like is is Calvin Ridley, right? Like, I feel like he'd be the perfect, perfect guy for the task. Have they been saying that? Have they? They've been saying that they've been attaching his name to potential destin. Des- if 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 the Falcons end up trading him, they feel like the Patriots would be a logical destination. I don't know because I've been seeing the Jets. That's what I've been seeing Ridley on the Jets. I, I actually just ordered a jersey Ridley oh, in that green in that Gotham green. So I don't I don't know about. about that. Mm. I, don't, I don't know about that. If I'm if I'm Ridley, it's, oh. Look, I'll tell if you, he, what, if I'll... really goes to the Jets, his career will be done short. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Why would you... But the Why Jets ain't done it right. Yeah. I'm t- hey, hey, I'm telling you. Don't name it. The... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you who would be a good addition for the Patriots. I'm a Cowboys fan, and it looks like mm. they're going to get rid of Amari Cooper. And mainly, mm. it looks like he's going to be a cap casualty, and there would be no better place for you. Oh. Talk about you need a receiver that can get open every play. That's Amari. He would fit in. He would fit in great no. with New England. I want to steal Debo. I don't care. I want to steal. Uh, right. Debo. Oh, I want Debo. <laughs> we all yeah. want Debo. Everybody wants Debo. All of us <laughs> on this cat and every sports cast out there want Debo on no. there. <laughs> Yeah, Debo, yeah. please come to my fantasy, Debo. Come yeah. to my fantasy. <laughs> no, you have a better chance of talking to him than we do. So if you if you get the chance, let him know. New England wants him out here. We'll take him. Hey, we going to say I'm going to let him know. I'm going to let him know. <laughs> <laughs> we going to Debo for sure. Nah, but, uh, Mark uh, Cooper is a great suge- um, suggestion. I thought, I, think. I thought Gaddy was going Gallup. It is. Gallup, it is. I thought he was going well, with Michael well, Gallup. Gallup just for his ACL. And he may do the you know the or, one year or, guaranteed contract thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you're gonna say I'm Craig? gonna put this filler out. Chris Godwin can be a possibility too, mm-hmm. and that would be awesome. Yeah, he would be sweet to have on this squad too. But that guy's good. That is he good. is no, he is, and he gets that open. Is, like, he's a consistent a great suggestion. Yeah, route runner. Like we need some. Amazing. Bottom line is Pats need a number one option, right? We got yeah. plenty of twos and threes on the roster. We don't have that that yeah, ace to go to right now. Yeah, Ridley's probably not on the list though, because he Gotham Green. I'm telling you, you heard it here first, Calvin Ridley. Gotham Green. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, who's your I, quarterback? Who's going to be your quarterback next year? Zach Zach Wilson. He's bringing he's back pretty Joe, solid. He's bringing back solid. Joe Flacco. 
I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Zach Wilson was the only other quarterback other than um, Aaron Rodgers to finish the last five weeks without an interception. He was he was playing some some quality football with nothing around him. I mean, he was pretty much throwing the people that look like me out there. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, give him somebody that looked like Ridley. After yeah, all those turnovers at the beginning of the year, he should have learned something. Right? Oh my god! So, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be bad. I think he he might have had. Uh, he he didn't really have. You know, he had better weapon. I think he had better weapons uh, than than Mac Jones did. I mean, it's uh, not at the tight end position. He did not. It's tough when you're a small receiver. a small town guy. And you go to a big time city and play. Definitely. That's different. It's different when you put on that jersey when it says a New York or LA. Like it's different. As you can see with the Lakers, it's different. <laughs> These people at you in the stand. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> you, went, you went from playing in Minnesota. Just like a Knicks fan. A Knicks fan would be at somebody in the stands too, though. That's like that's, that's a fact. Like big time city. Definitely. I, I mean, like yourself, you went from too. playing in Minnesota to playing in LA. I mean, that must have been great. Well, you're used, you were probably used to LA culture and all that. But for somebody who wasn't, you know, it's, it's got to be a culture shock, right? Going from one, one aspect to the other. Oh, it's definitely a culture shock. Like, I'll just say from going, even going back to school um, in Boston, leaving from LA, going there, and it was like a blizzard. I'm like, bruh. <laughs> I'm not going to class. I'm not even stepping outside. What is this? What material is this? Like, what is black ice? What is black ice? You gotta watch out for that out here. Like, come on. You gotta watch that. The sleet. Oh, the sleet that mess your whole fit up. You can't even go out. And that's what I'm saying. I had to. I had to have a prepared fit just to get messed up, so my my nice fit wouldn't. Get messed up. <laughs> you know that you say, "Hey, look!" And then you step in one, and it gets deeper than expected. You're hot, mm. right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It's like three inches in your foot in there. Like, oh, <laughs> my God. but no, it's most important. You got to make sure you bring you in bring California a pair, pair of shoes for sure. Yeah, for, you 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 know you, you got to have your tims. Yep, exactly, exactly. But yeah, let's uh, so I know we're we're and. We we could gas the NFL out a little bit. There's not a ton of news going on, so I want to go back to the court side. Let's go back to the court side and talk about this NBA final stretch because you know what people don't realize is after the All Star break is not like halfway through the season. You've got like a quarter of the season left, right? So this it's is no it. time. It's coming down to it, um, and and like some people think it's like the the middle of the season. It's not. Like we are hustling towards the playoffs right now, and you know there's a couple of teams making moves. You know. My Celtics are, are, you know, finally actually figuring things out. You know, this things go like the West Coast is is. We thought the Warriors were going to be the, the 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 squad, you know, to beat again for a while there. And the Suns, obviously, Gaddy's Suns were up there. And now we've got Memphis, who's hanging out in the mix. And Lord knows what's going to happen in the East. I think one through eight is separated by like five games, maybe six games. So. I'm just wondering what your take is and how you think things are going to shake out and what you see, you know, what, what cream is going to be rising to the top in East con each conference. So the East coast conference, this is the most competitive it has been in a while. 
um, just up and down, top to bottom. I really like how the Chicago Bulls are playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep on the Bulls in the playoffs. They're going to be a tough matchup yep. because they can play that small ball and probably put DeRozan at a four or something. What you going to do with that? <laughs> what are you going to do with that? You're going to lose. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> he keeps putting about 35 plus. You Giannis. Know? Yeah, even though Giannis and them have had, like, I would say kind of up and down due to the championship, you know what I'm saying? Because they, you know, been trying to figure some things out, making some key additions and different things like that. Um, But I think they're still going to be around. Um, We need to see what Ben Simmons looks like for me to completely talk anything about Brooklyn and let Kyrie play in New York at some point because this is just getting out of hand. Um. I love LaMelo Ball. I think he's one of the dopest young players. One of my favorites. I always thought he was the best ball player. No disrespect to Lonzo, but there was just something about LaMelo. Um, I think for me, having his experience already kind of in the league through to his brother, having success overseas and different things, and then coming into the league already caked up, still hungry. That's a bar to me. That is. That's true. That's a good point. That's a, That's a bar. Yeah, he's uh, um, he's something different. And who can beat Miami's zone defense? I don't know. <laughs> Miami has one of the best zone defenses, and they're really good at home. Um, like when healthy, like they have already been to the finals, and they're still a really young team, so they can sleep. They can sleep somebody. So it, it really goes on who gets matched up in the first round, who has home court advantage a little bit. Like yeah. that's how it goes for me in the East. In the West, the Lakers, um, the Lakers need to go meditate and then come back and then really <laughs> figure it out. No, because I you, got all, you really got the talent. I don't I don't know, man. Cause it's just for me, it's all about effort. And I seen a play yesterday. Don't get me wrong. I love LeBron. But, like, I know you didn't get the ball. But that wouldn't stop me from being aggressive on the play because I still feel like there could have been an offensive rebound to get or something with a loose ball where we can make something happen. I know people get caught up, and sometimes in our mind as players, we get caught in position, oh, this this MF didn't give me the ball or this. And sometimes our body language drops. And sometimes that's not a good sign because – that a rub off on everybody else, mm. and then you you have that issue. So, um, for me, it goes more effort from them guys, mm. and I think everything will be fine. Well, that, it would help if AD they'll get, it, they'll get back in there. Is that a Vogel problem? Well, a, AD AD got to buy a leg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like. I want to I want to help ADL so bad because I think he needs to do different exercises in his body to create him from not being injured as much. I don't think he's doing the right necessary techniques that he needs to do because there are certain techniques that you can that you can prevent injuries. And I don't know if he's doing it. He, he should call Tom Brady. Do the TB12 really? method. Do that avocado ice cream. And get call the Tom or tell him call a rhino. Call a yeah. rhino too. Right? Okay, yeah. that rhino training program. Let's <laughs> do something different. He's got to do. He's got to change something. Right. Keep doing the same. I want to. I want to ask you about this rhino. It's something um that you just said, right? When you talked about LeBron 
and you talked about the effort, right? Obviously, LeBron's 37 years old, so he's playing and, and he's older. But I noticed when when you age in the NBA, people think your physical gifts are going to deteriorate. And even though LeBron is defining time and it doesn't seem like his body is really breaking down that much because he still does some amazing things, it seems like his mentality is deteriorating. And that, in my opinion, is a bigger problem than even Frank Vogel because he's supposed to be the leader, you know? And right now you get a LeBron James that's, he's barking back at fans. You get a LeBron James that's, you know, he's not really hustling after the loose balls. And it's just chaos with the Lakers right now. And it doesn't seem like LeBron has that gear like he used to. Now, he just dropped the soundbite recently. He said, you got to stomp me out, cut my head off. As long as I'm here, then we still got a chance, you know? How much are you buying that? I'm buying it a lot because playoff basketball is a different game, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And then, like, like, secondly, just the fact of when you're older – Certain things change. We see what's going on in the war with Putin, right? That dude's pretty old. He's doing some different <laughs> stuff when you old. You feel what I'm saying? Like LeBron doing stuff he wouldn't do in his younger years. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Like, now you done got the old man mad. Like, the old man mad. You watch our old man. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you doing different antics and different things. But, yeah, I'm going to still be confident because – and regardless of what you say, playoff basketball, you got to slow down. Yeah. Got to play half-court basketball. Got to actually have a post player. Got to shoot mid-range jump shots. Mm-hmm. Like the mid-range is key for playoffs. Everybody knows that. They're going to run you off the line. Got to make a mid-range shot. You got to make a lot of mid-range shots in the playoffs. Like, because people are so detailed. We watch film of you. We know exactly what you're going to do. How are you going to differentiate yourself? What do you need to do? You need to go through the whole play exactly. See, that's what sometimes like a, like players or uh, the fans just don't know about that. <clears throat> when people watch you and watch film, they know all your tendencies, right? So when you be when you're a guy like Kobe and you see these things like, oh, this dude is still scoring. Like this is not easy. He has to actually do everything he's worked on that means he has to walk up to the elbow he has to put his foot on top of the other guy's foot pop out l out now he got to l out he got to stay in triple threat mode all while this is in his mind right triple threat mode going from triple threat mode to say hey this is how the defense is playing me now i've watched film too i know how the defense is going to play me good defense plays me like this so now i have to improv right I'm going to set it up. Maybe I jab. Maybe I showcase the ball. This is a good defender. What is this defender known for? This defender is known for watching the ball. So maybe I do something with a ball fake. Or this defender loves to play angle. So let me give him a jab over here and fake him out and set him up so I can go to the middle and maybe spin backwards. Like more in-depth stuff, you know? So, I mean, this, the this, game. this game is – is the men- the mentality is really really deep and sometimes like the young guys they don't understand that but it's like if you dive deep like for me for example whenever i see a game right and they come across half court i'm like what player are they in 
most fans would be like, you know, who are they going to pass it to the score? But me, I'm like, all right, what is this simulation right here? What's going to happen? Oh, that was a nice backdoor screen. Mm. Okay, the energy is going up pace now. You know, like different things like that, like to be able to see the, the pit, the energy's up pace. So they're going to need to sub some guy who's going to be able to match that energy with the flow to maybe to play defense and score with that pace going. Yeah. That's so much. Yeah. Right. Right. See, this is why, this is why it's nice to, to, to get guys like you on, right? Cause getting that perspective and understanding <laughs> the game and like, you know, in the deep end, um, you know, like, that's why that's why you know sometimes coaching and, and coaches in the NBA I, I think don't get the credit that's due because putting the pieces in um, with the right personnel and, and mix and matching the right guys and different matchups is 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 key and also being able to manage those personalities right because I, I mean you might even be able to talk about there's I'm sure when you came in there was you can't talk to KG the same way that you talk to Craig Smith when he walks through the door as a rookie, right? I mean, there's just there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. So I, I can I can totally respect that. And it was it was that thing that you say the Lakers need to go meditate. I say they need to do a lot more than that because it's like they just need it, to me, it just looks like a disorganized, unmotivated basketball team that can't figure it out. And you know, we talked about it on this show a little bit um, when when Westbrook uh, joined the fold, and it was just kind of like this already without them even being on the court together yet already feels like it's going to be an awkward fit. Um, it, it almost their their games just didn't seem to co- like they would collaborate well um, on the floor, mm-hmm. uh, and and so. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. I don't know if this is a problem that can be fixed for the Lakers um, going forward. But I don't want to trash on. Well, I mean, I just say this: LeBron, after all, right? No. It's LeBron. No, <laughs> it's it's LeBron. So you can never disrespect him and get into the playoffs because the playoffs is a different scenario. Mm-hmm. And two is just this: like I know for me. Sometimes I didn't get caught up in the team energy of things. And so even if we were losing, you would see in my effort that I'm trying to win. And sometimes that's what you need. You don't need to talk. You just need to go out there and do it. If I see somebody, if you see me going, I just scored. Now I come back, I get a deflection, I dive out of bounds trying to get that ball. You're going to feed off my energy from that. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. That energy is going to transcend to my teammates. All right. I see you out here trying to get in and sacrificing yourself. I'm a sacrifice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to rile your guys up sometimes in other ways, just versus verbally. Yeah. I'm a big firm in actions because actions sometimes speak more than words, straight up. Mm-hmm. You and your actions, you show what you do. You you can show people respect and, and, and hard work just by putting your head down and getting to work. And I think that's just what needs to be done. It's just like, stop talking about it. Stop talking to these fans because these fans have been doing this for a long time. And I'm sure they were worse in the 60s and 70s. I'm just being honest. I can imagine. Racial slurs. I mean, I, there's probably still racial slurs now, of course. But I'm sure they was 
on level a million back then. Definitely. Because yeah. there was no filter then, you know. That's actually just, very... you gotta just remember you put on it. The... Oh no, my, yeah. like, my baby's like no. It's like you put on a Laker jersey, that's different. Just like when you put on the Celtic jersey, it's different pressure. Mm -hmm. It ain't like putting on a Sacramento King jersey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not. A Laker yeah. jersey's a different deal. Yeah. And it comes with a lot of pressure. And I don't know if them guys knew about that. You know what I'm saying? Because the last time we really had something like this, just be Mamba and Shaq. And they knew how to handle it. But this is a new era with social media. It's a little bit different. Well, you remember, I mean, Dwight Howard couldn't handle it either when he went in there with Mamba. You know, he was supposed to be the new Shaq, right? Like, let's go, like, let's just put Shaq yeah. with Kobe, but yeah. in the form of Dwight Howard. And it was just different. But it, it, it also takes time, though. Like, even Shaq and Kobe, they didn't immediately gel like it was it was four years it was three four years before they actually you know won uh a ring i mean you know this this type of thing takes time i think people now are just so impatient yeah i i, I do i i actually yeah. think the what the lakers need uh and do they and have two before, years they, though they, they need a leg they need to give ad a leg <laughs> they, <laughs> but they don't have two or three years that's why people are impatient right like like I mean, LeBron isn't. Right, he need an AI leg, though. AI <laughs> <laughs> robot, AD. Oh, I mean, Le God. LeBron is here, and he's waiting for Bronny. You have time. LeBron, he's waiting for Bronny. Bronny, you know, he's he, that's years. That's years. LeBron I think has, LeBron one of the things better. That's my one, point. They're good. One of, the, one of the things that surprised me about the Lakers, because speaking of needing time to develop is this team last year that they had with they had Montrez Harrell, they had Dennis Schroeder, you know, they had Alex Caruso. And then this offseason, the only three people yeah. who bring back from that team are THT, AD, and LeBron. And then next year, the only people that are going to be under contract are those three and Westbrook, you know? So, like, you got to keep putting all these pieces around and you don't have that time to go through that gelling process and really becoming the best team you could be. Um, I really think that that was something that the whole organization slept on this offseason. Like, hey, we can just bring in a brand new team, and we're not going to lose in the first round. And it looks like they're paying the price for it. What's your thoughts on that, Rhino? Well, yeah, I, I think, like, you needed more important key pieces. I think you should have really seen who fit and gelled with Braun and AD more can give them a boost and not only that it's just like um you know like it's like you gotta say for a rainy day this dude be injured all the time i gotta get some insurance <laughs> right? or somebody who can give me at least half production if he's injured well lebron like who can we give him to pass it to so he can score because sometimes you know what i'm saying like and i and i love the additions let's be honest i love malik monk like Monk's been a great addition. Mm -hmm. uh, Reeves has been a great addition as a spot up. Um, but these are shooters, right? They need more shooters. Uh, Reeves, no, yeah, I'm shooters. saying like, like you put. I think, I think you still need a you still need an aggressive big too, though. You need an aggressive yeah. big who you can be like, yo, I can get a bucket too. You need guys who can be more playmakers as well. Like if you if LeBron gets off the ball, I can either shoot it or I can go make another play. 
not just staying here and shoot the three. And then it's just like, for me, if I was playing with Brian, I wouldn't care about all that other stuff. I'm going out there to hoop. I'm scrapping. I'm a dog. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, on like that dog mentality. You know, everybody ain't got it. That's true. To just say, I know Bron on the court, but I'm gonna show him why he need me on the court because I'm about to do all these different things. Mm-hmm. It's more scarce now than than ever. Um, yeah, this is a little off I'm topic. Be scared. You got to step up to the challenge. But I just I just want to say because I feel like a a common theme of of uh, our time like we're we're talking about like the mentality and I love it I love like Rhino you like Socrates out here like the philosophy you've been breaking it down <laughs> like literally from each stage of life like yo this is a mentality I was on like you know college I was in you know doing this and I had to go to class like and now we're talking about it on the NBA like it's just you know mentality makes a difference and unfortunately I think. The league, um, you know, I, I think those dogs, they're they're few and far between. Um, John Morant might be one of them, though. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. Those Grizzlies. Oh, John Morant. Oh, man. A- AI 2.9? <laughs> okay. He's, a- he's AI with a 70-inch vert. <laughs> you see that Duck the other oh, day. God. Oh yeah. my God! He's was that last night or the other day? Two nights ago. Was last yeah, two night. nights ago. The buzzer beater. He like caught like yeah. the buzzer. Yeah. Alley oop jump shot. Oh yeah, the buzzer beater with um, Stephen Adams. Like Stephen Adams, Adams, Adams. A full, he full court pass. will come and dunk on your big man. He will yeah. come and dunk on your big man straight up. He's he's the guy who's straight, like, ain't got ain't got time for it. Like I'm gonna come in and just straight dunk on your big. He, he's like he's got that like Vince Carter mentality. Just like where's the biggest guy here? All right, I'm gonna go. But as a point guard, see, Vince, <laughs> yeah, Vince was you know six three. six six seven. This yeah. dude is six. Yeah, yeah six, and he got the look. I ain't even gonna lie. This was this is the dunk I used to do because I always felt like it would like in the positioning it would throw the defender off. So when I take a dribble with my left hand and then jump like this, there's no way the defender can do anything. He's helpless mm. because it's it's unexpected. When you take a dribble with your left and then you automatically turn your body and jump like this with your right and dunk. I used to do that all the time. I used to do it at UCLA. And UCLA used to be the epic center where us 15, 16 year olds would go and play against the pros. See, people mm-hmm. understand like yeah. that California lifestyle, like we had an advantage always. We got the beach. I always say the beach is an advantage. Like I had a Tiger Apollo Creed. Mm-hmm. Beach is an advantage straight up. Not only that, then having to play against grown men when you're young, that's a bar. Young fellas, you want to get better? I understand about trainers, but hey, I made it to the NBA without having a trainer, keeping that a buck. One thing I did do, I played against older men, and I played against a lot of a lot of guys who I felt like were going to make me better and stronger, being league guys and college guys. Mm. Then I go back to high school and beat up on my peers. <laughs> Yo, I'll tell you, like it, it, he's that's that's no joke. Like even from the most watered down level, like when I was a freshman and I was going out for the basketball team at at Salve Regina D three, 
I went back after training and trying to play ball in college to just shooting hoops and practice with the high school guys. And it was just, I mean, it's night and day. Like, you know, so that is one could not be more true. I wish that somebody gave me that advice when I was growing up, right? Go, don't be afraid of the big guys, go play with them, right? Like that's definitely sound advice, sound advice. But before we get way too off the NBA topic here, we'll go from one side of LA. Let's hit the other because your Clippers, right? We have so many question marks with this team right now, right? There's it's it looks like a looks like a uh, where's Waldo book with the amount of question marks we like I, I can't find Kawhi anywhere I can't find PG anywhere we don't know when they're coming back Tyron Lou you don't need to right now doesn't know when they're coming back it's like but you and, and so like that's what I was gonna ask like you know the team isn't in disarray right so what do they do you know it, what are your expectations this season and what do you want to do this offseason to you know if anything, or do you want to roll with what you got? Well, one, everybody just needs to, I think, and what the fan base is, everybody's calm. I know we want more, but you got to understand this. With Kawhi, we're probably NBA champions last year. And with him now, we're probably a top three team. And him and Paul George fully planned. So since we know that, and we're still developing the young guys and we're still in the playoffs, there's really nothing to be ashamed of. Because now, once those guys come back, and if they come back next year, that team's going to be fully loaded. And now we made some key additions to where Zubac is really getting his shine on now, you know? Got a Baca out of there so we can, you know, give uh, the other nice big a play too. And then my guy Terrence Mann, it's my favorite player. (laughs) Terrence Mann is my favorite player. You know, let's not forget about the other yeah, eagle out like, there. Don't forget about the other eagle out there. Oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I will never forget Re- Reggie. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talking about Reggie? <laughs> I will. I will never forget Reg, man. He's a he's a bucket getter. Um, and I'm always proud of my BC guy, you know. But Terrence Terrence man to me is, a, is more of an underdog story. Mm-hmm. Reggie, you're not an underdog, okay? You're a beast, you feel <laughs> me? So you you be cool. But Terrence, Terrence, you know, he didn't get a lot of opportunity because of Kawhi and those guys. And then when he got that opportunity, showcased himself and made himself better from from in the playoffs into this year. Mm-hmm. So um, he's been a great addition. Like I said, Luke Kennard's been flaming. <laughs> Love that. Love. I'm a, they're I'm beating big, teams now. They're beating teams. I'm a big Canard guy. He was they my Philly. point contest. I, I'm a big Canard guy. I like his. Uh, I. Yeah. When the Celtics needed shooting, I was like, "Go out and get Canard. The boy. The boy just shoots. That's what he does. Like, and he's shown that. And you know, I think if, they have an interesting roster. Uh, you know, and just kind of reflecting on what you were saying, it's. Those two being out is given the opportunity for the rest of the guys to kind of step in and show what they got too. That's why I was leading. It was a leading question into the off season, right? Like, you know, if you want to do anything, if you want to touch the roster, is there anything that you would do, or you know, you think the team's going to fly high with what they got? I think they'll fly high with what they have because we got two of the best two way players in the game. 
when they're healthy, I mean, come on, let's hands down. Would you, I mean, will we make some more additions? I don't think so because I feel like we got a good unit. Can we use another forward maybe? But, I mean, when Nikola, Nikolai come back, so we, I mean, they're all here. And it's just like, yeah, it's unfortunate, but injuries happen. But at some point, that team will be fully loaded. And once they're fully loaded, I don't really see nobody. I mean, they run L.A. already without the stars. Mm. And that's a sad thing to say to the the Lake show. When you got all your players and you losing to a depleted team who wanted more, that's just effort. That's just effort. Like you said, yeah. and and I got a completely well, not I guess it's not completely off topic because it was a Clippers question, but this is mostly I just had to pick your brain on this. Uh, well, like while well, we got you on the show, so you were part of of the Clippers team that featured uh, DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. Who is the better in game dunker? At it, looking at him as a teammate, who made you wow more? Which made, who made you? Oh eyes well, it it. In the beginning, it was Blake. It was Blake because Blake was just taking off, right? <laughs> and he was getting the opportunity because DJ wasn't getting it then because of Chris Kamen. That's true. So yeah. DJ was coming off the bench. Me and DJ would be off the bench. So we were the bench bros. We was the the, the MOB squad, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what I would say with that. And like Blake had like broke his kneecap due to jumping so hard. So like, and I and I got to see those dunks in line. When he dunked on Mozgov, it was so nasty. <laughs> but that's when I said like I had an epiphany. Then when he dunked on him, I had an epiphany. I was like, oh snap! Like this whole Clipper thing is about to be like OD now. It's about to be like outrageous. I swear to God, I was like, yo, this is about to be outrageous now. After this duck, and I seen it. Gene Gene Simmons start coming into the game. Mm. Charlie Starin's there. Uh, <laughs> everybody's coming now. Like even Sterling coming into the back room now. Like yo, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> just one dunk changed the game, right? Just to change change the life of the Clippers. Lob City, Lob City for sure, for sure, Lob and. City. and- and listen, you know, we we don't want to take up, you know, a ton of your time. Um, I know we we were we were trying to stick to the hour here, but um, you know, I definitely want to make sure that we get the word out right to the to the kids and 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 you know, we've been talking about, you know, what you did in college and how you remain focused and all that, but you know, if you could give one word of advice to to, you know, even the teenagers or anybody else out there who's trying to make it to the NBA and has those aspirations um, to do what you've done. What, what advice would you give them? Um, I, would, I would tell them to believe. I think that's the most important thing at first is believing within yourself because you got to put everything together. Um, I, for example, if I, when I started believing in myself, I started going to Fairfax, working out 6.30 in the morning. People started seeing that. Then people started telling me and reaffirming me that, hey, you're actually doing a good job. So it was believing, manifesting, um at a young age i would always tell myself i can i can be in the nba i want to be in the nba so it was just like i'm telling and i'm going out and acting but this is what i'm telling the young generation is get on it you have the opportunity of a lifetime you can actually start your dreams now 
You don't have to wait until you get into college or anything like that. And I think that's why it was so special for me because it's like, this was something I thought about when I was in elementary. Mm -hmm. It's a power of the mind. You can do really anything you want to. And I don't, I don't and, and it bothers me when some people don't really grasp that because I'm a testament of it. Mm -hmm. That's all I did was think about that. So if you do it and whatever you want to do, you can do it. Don't matter how old you are. Like I'm 38. I still got new goals that I want to do. And I know I'm going to do them. Mm -hmm. Keep positive in your mind. Don't let negativity um, bring you down. Let it fuel you. And always prove the people wrong who said you can't. Because you can. You can. Absolutely. Wow. You heard it, you heard it, you heard it from the rhino himself. Believe in yourself. You know, that's true. And we're, we're trying to believe in ourselves here at Side to Side, too, right? <laughs> so, hey, man. As you are. Y'all doing it, though. No trying. Hey. You're doing it. Hey, I never thought I'd be talking. I never thought I'd be talking to one of my favorite athletes, right? So, so I we appreciate you coming on, man, and and um, you know, uh, another shout out to the, to the Underdog Podcast. They got a new thing going over there themselves. Had some awesome guests. I've been you know tuning into that show and looking at the posts and all that. And hey, one of their lead hosts, the Boston guy, represent. Appreciate that, the man Daily out there. So, um, so I'll get I'll give that shout out too. Um, but yeah, any final words from Gaddy or Woody? Any 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 final questions? You know, before we before we let the man, the myth, the legend go. No final questions. I just want to say, uh, Craig Rhino, man, listen, you blessed us with your presence today. We certainly thank you, man. Um, we will be tuned in to the Underdog Podcast for sure. And um, hey, man, we appreciate you, man. Maybe one day in the future, love to have you on again. When maybe there's a big event coming on and hear what you got to say about it. But um, I especially love the message to the young folks that you put out there. You can do anything you put your mind to. You just got to go after it. So, you know, you heard it from the man himself. And uh, thank you for that. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, that literally like, touched me. You know, so it did. Uh, definitely appreciate your time, your insight, you know, getting to know about, you know, Rhino the fan as well as the pro. Um, so, yeah. You know, uh, thank you for being side to side with us. Yeah, and hey, we, me, me, and Woody both got young boys. I got a three year old. He's got a little little guy under one. So we'll be playing. I'm gonna be playing this video for him someday, Craig, and I'm gonna be showing him and letting him know. Like, yeah, hey. play. We're gonna be playing this video, and not only that, I do got a children's book coming out soon. Oh, so I'm gonna yeah. let you guys know that. Yes, yes. got a children's book coming out soon. So be that plug to you. Let us know. We'll put that on on S two S and let people know. Please, yes. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, absolutely, absolutely. It's been another exciting episode of the Side to Side Sportscast. We want to thank our guest, our boy Rhino, for coming through side to side with us and representing. Mm -hmm. Hey, we still want to hear from you. We want you to come on the Sportscast. We want you to call it how you see it. Call it how you saw it. Call out those who didn't see it how you saw it. Represent what you think about what's taking place in the sports world. And until we see you, we out.